Zone. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm Low Stone. I'm Jeremy Hughes. And here we are in the same room. We are, for once. It's <laughs> so, uh, I'm very uncomfortable having to look directly into your face when we do this. Yeah. No like, offense. Literally years since this has happened. Yeah. As well. And um, that we are like three, four feet apart. Yeah, like much closer than we used to be. Yeah, we're sharing a microphone because that's the only way we could figure out to do this that wasn't like logistical nightmare yeah it does mean yeah it's just it's just go, go, gone from four thousand miles away to three feet away is just like a big jump <laughs> did so, that happen like really suddenly yeah yeah i just, feel like we maybe should have gone from like three thousand miles to like like 1500 right we should have we yeah. yeah we at least could have gone from miles to like i don't know kilometers yeah. to like to one kilometer apart and then, like, shouting across a field. Yeah, 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 definitely. On the other side of a loud coffee shop, and then, like, reduced it slowly. Instead, we're just, like, I feel like I've got the bends. Um, but it's fine. It's yeah. nice. Hello. Hi, yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us, Lois, what crypto we're talking about today? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, well, we're doing Flatwoods Monster, but huh? I just did also want to say for the beautiful people that this is an exciting episode because it's the first time that we have an editor as well. We do, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Would you like to tell us about the editor? Uh, well, your friend and mine... Yeah. Friend of the pod. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show. Hi, Ben. Is Ben. Thank you, Ben, for yeah. doing this. You haven't done it yet, but we trust that you will do a great job. Yes, absolutely. You are the love of both of our lives. It's true. Thank you. Deeply. Um, yeah, you bring uh, so much to us and now the podcast. Yes. So, Hooray. Hooray. Uh, and, and now to all the people at home. I mean, Ben has already brought lots of things to the people at home because they've found all of the, like missing films that we can never find. That's true. They did find the Cake Boss video. <laughs> and also tr got that whole film re-added to YouTube that time. Yes. So, uh... Yeah, just truly <laughs> a hero of the people. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, Ben. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yes, we're doing The Flatwoods Monster uh -huh. today. Uh, was requested, this one, uh, by... Hold on. Oopsie, that's not where my list is. Um, the Flatwoods Monster was requested by... Do, do, do. Oh, nobody, actually. It's the next one that's requested by somebody. So okay. I'm sorry for leading you on, thinking, making you think that somebody requested this one. Nobody did. That's fine. I think they did in their hearts, because this is a very popular cryptid. Uh-huh. It is. It's yeah. one of the big ones. It's one yeah. of the, the classic Virginia... Mm -hmm. West mm -hmm. Virginia. West Virginia. Where the cryptids love to be. It's true. Yeah. In the woods. Yeah. Who doesn't? We all just want to be in the woods, uh -huh. going absolutely feral. I often... Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. before we do that, though, how are you? So I'm really hot. Yeah, it's so warm. We're, we are recording this on one of the hottest days in Britain, and it is just, awful. Just ever. It's, it's the just... worst. <laughs> the, the thing with me is I came from Chicago, where it is, I'm used to it being this hot, but, like, we have this thing in America that's called air conditioning. Yeah. So when it gets hot, you just turn that on, and it's not hot anymore. <laughs> wait, hold on, wait, explain this. So, so okay. it's not hot anymore, but like inside. Exactly. It's a. It's it's actually just transferring the. It's cooling the air 
um, that it blasts inside and it's transferring the heat to the outside. So it like, keeps the heat where you want it to be? Uh, it, yes, it puts the heat where you want it, which is not wherever you are. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's a m miracle of modern science. <laughs> I um, did have a thing earlier. I was in my office and there's like two of us in there, this little tiny room. And we've got mm -hmm. two fans going at like full speed and like the window wide open and the door open. We're trying to get a breeze going. Yep. And then somebody from the office like popped his head and he's like, don't mind me. And we were like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just checking for air con. And we're like both sitting there like sweltering with the fans <laughs> pointed directly at our face. Like, no, we don't have that here. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, I, mean, I think you didn't need to check the ceiling. You could just see this fan situation and uh, suss it out. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, I do miss AC, turns out. Yeah. It's pretty good. What um, do I do with my water hand? Oh, it's behind me. I got it. We're good. But uh, also, one of the exciting things about you being here is that you've been able to see the Vampire Hospital yeah. in the flesh. In the flesh. And yes. it is a giant building made of human flesh. Yes. Uh, it's not actually. But um, yes. yeah, no, I was actually, you didn't point it out to me even. I was just walking to your apartment and I passed a last large building with like gates with signs on saying like demolition warning. I was like, this is the Vampire Hospital. <laughs> and it was. Yes. So I have a couple of updates from the last time we recorded. Please. Okay, so let's see what are the, the, the most unsettling updates. One, oh, I, so they changed all the signs there and uh, to, so that it said business park, something business park, mm -hmm. and then filmed something there. But I don't know what, but all of these machines just got moved in. And then I was walking by one evening and there were some men in a truck. Well, there were all these people in the car park applauding. Okay. And then... Were there, was this daylight? This is like the end of the day. But was the sun out? This is important, oh, Lance, please. Um, <laughs> Had the sun set? It definitely wasn't dark. So I think we're at twilight. So okay, well, but twilight, I think, is okay for the vampires. Like, yeah. it's not comfortable, but it, there's, there's, it there's no direct out. sunlight, then you're okay. And like, the, the Buffy... Uh, Vampires can be out in the shade. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's fine. But anyway, there's all this applauding, and these men in the truck were like, oh, is that the rap? And they were like, yeah, that's the rap. So I assume it was filming, but for what? Who can say? It could have been hip-hop. could have been vampire hip-hop. could have been vampire hip-hop. I you... mean, vampires need TV, too, you know? Vampire yeah. content. Representation matters. That's true. Um, but then the other thing is, after that, is I'd walk by, right? And there'd just be this, like very loud machine noise okay coming from something that wasn't in the building where was okay, it this is the thing right so the building is on like the end of the block mm -hmm. right so it's got like sidewalks on it on three sides yes, yes yes and the two main gates are on like the long side of the building correct but there's hedges that go all the way around true so it's parked like in between the two main entrances okay. but in like the one place that you can't see okay. in the car park because of the hedges. So it's a mystery machine. <laughs> so who can say what it is? It's doing something sinister. Yeah. And yeah. making a loud noise at night. Also, I was passing at night when I heard the noise. Okay. Some kind of vampiric crimes going on there. Yes. Yeah. And also I did see a man in one of the windows. He was on the phone. Well, that's not a very vampire thing to do, really. Well, but these are business vampires of great esteem. They have to do business things. That's true. So they have to be on the phone. They have to say, merge those businesses, cut those deals. I, I want to see an updated what, folio. What you're describing is just a business person. Aren't they all vampires, though? Uh, no, don't be so mean to vampires. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry, vampires. No, but we, we established that the vampires would make sense for them to be in this neighborhood because they're all very wealthy doing money things. Yeah, doing vampire business. Mm. Yeah, running bad banks. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, so those are the suspicious updates I've seen from the vampire. Hospital. Okay, thank you. The new signs, actually, the demolition signs, make me think that maybe they're actually going to demolish it. Okay. It it does seem to be happening. Mm -hmm. It will happen at some point. Um, I'll keep you updated. Please do. Yeah. I'm. It, it's taking them a very long time. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so who knows what will happen? Maybe it's just going to stay there forever. Maybe. Maybe it'll get knocked down and then it will become a ghost vampire hospital. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like then it comes out at twilight and it's all like <gasps> ghostly. Yeah. You can only see it at certain times. Yeah. Oh, dope. I mm -hmm. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Like we already said, I'm very warm. That's mostly all I got going on. I uh, was going to do a bunch of research for this podcast earlier, but instead I went out for tapas with friends. No. And I drank beer. Nice. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, that's cool, because one of the things I did was my work, and then also reading this incredibly exciting book that we're going to get into with That's in a such a big book. It's so big. That's this, fucking huge. This, this baby is like 350 pages. You could kill someone with that. Yeah, it's great. The Braxton County Monster Updated and Revised Edition. Ugh. The cover-up of the Flatwoods Monster Revealed. Beautiful. Expanded. Oh, great. I recognize some of the names on that. That book cover from a Monster Quest episode, I can tell you now. Oh my gosh, I am so much... <laughs> More excited. I mean, I'm always excited about Monster Quest, but also I feel like I really got to know the man who wrote this through the reading uh, of the book. It is Frank Fashino Jr., correct? Yeah. Have you seen any pictures of Frank Fashino Jr.? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> he has lots of pictures of him in this book. We'll get into the book. We'll get into it. We'll yeah. get there. We got time. This like, is happening. Uh, one of my favorite things in the whole world is there's <laughs> a self-published book on Amazon about a cryptid. Mm -hmm. Like, you know you're about to have a really good time. You have such a good time. Yeah. I'm just... I've never seen one that's that, like, comprehensive before. Yeah, well, it's the second edition. Okay, was the first, but even, like, unless the first edition was, like, a 50th of the size, then uh, yeah. it probably was much longer than, because I think the only other self-published book I have was the very first episode, Jersey Devil, and that was not anywhere near as long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, even the Owlman one wasn't this detailed. But anyway, we'll get into this book. We'll we should probably tell people about the Flatwoods Monster. Yes, let's do that, shall do we? Do you want to tell the people? Uh, I do. I would. Nothing would give me more pleasure less than telling <laughs> the people about the Flatwoods Monster. So, Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster. Yep. Uh, both for the same reason, which is that it was first sighted in the town of Flatwoods in West Virginia, which was in Braxton County. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's where those names come from. I love like an efficient cryptid naming. It's, it, it's interesting because if you don't know anything about the Flatwoods Monster, I feel like it conjures a very different image. That's true. If you don't know that Flatwoods is a town, then you might think it's just the Flatwoods Monster, in which case you might think it's just really skinny or yeah. small. I feel like the name, if I, if I divorce myself from the knowledge I have of what it looks like and just imagine, imagine what I would think that would look like, I would imagine something a little bit more like a Tsuchinoko. Is where I'm coming from. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I was thinking more of um. It's like a little pancake. Yeah, I mean, flat. If I were to just think of Flatwoods Monster, I just think of something more in like a, I don't know, something that's like more woods based, something more that comes from you know, you know when we were talking about the lumberjack tail sort of thing, like right, one right, of right. those sorts of beasts, right? More than what it actually is. Yeah, it's actually. I feel like it's quite a unique cryptid. Yeah. Uh, there's not really anything else very much like it. Yeah. Okay. Which is, Cool. Yeah. So, first sighted way back in 1952, mm -hmm. on September 12th, a bunch of little kids saw a bright object flying across the sky, and they were like, there we go. That's, yep. that's probably the sound. Fully effects for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they basically went out to the farm where they thought they saw it land 
to see if they could find whatever it was. Yeah. Not just them. They like picked up some adults on the way. Yes. And some dogs. Uh-huh. I have some points about the dogs later. Okay. Great. <laughs> we're, we're getting into it. One of the things they reported seeing is a ball of fire, right? Like a pulsating ball of fire. Like um, Johnny Cash. No, it's a ring of fire. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, when someone says something and it just completely derails your entire train of thought. Yes, like Johnny Cash. Except like Johnny Cash's ring of fire. Not at all. Except a ball of fire. I would say more like a fireball. Yeah. Fireball is a thing. Yeah, but it's a candy. It is. It it's is. also a spell. Is it? If you're playing D&D, cast yeah. fireball? Oh, of course. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Are you acting like I'm the crazy one here? Uh, no, I'm playing off like I totally know what you're talking about. Fire, fireballs? I've Am I losing? Like... Please tweet at us. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. I think you probably know more about the spells of D&D than I do. I just think that fireball being a spell is not like a niche thing. I mean, that's common knowledge, Lois. Yeah, but you've got I've... a hole in your cultural knowledge. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Not know the references to literally everything always. How how dare you? You you you're throwing shade at me. <laughs> I will not stand for this. Uh, I mean, we know that that's just not the truth. Uh, anyway, so they uh, they saw this. I think it was they were with the sheriff. Uh, oh, I have it written down. Great. I want to say deputy sheriff. No, the sheriff showed up later. But um. there was a guy who was a member of the West Virginia National Guard. Okay. So it was like uh, one of their uh, no, no, no. Okay, it was a farmer, not a sheriff at this point. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But he was there also a National Guardsman. Right. You have two jobs when you're a National Guardsman. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. So that's right. Okay, so it was a farmer at this point that the, the kids had gotten. And then he shone a flashlight towards this creature. So the creature is supposed to be described as being real, real chunky. Yeah. Flatwoods monster Big is friend. large. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like 10 feet tall is is. I mean, what? we love a height. We love height. You know? Love that. Okay. We're into it. Ten, we love it. 10 is a lot. I mean, hard to shop for. Right. But like, just nice. Comforting. Comforting presence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A nice, comforting 10 foot tall. Described as like almost kind of mechanical looking. Yeah. Rather than being a humanoid. Also seen it described as being like a lizard monster. Mm, yes, um, I've seen this. Right. Uh, with these uh, two white glowing orb-like eyes mm -hmm. and like a cylindrical metal lower half yeah almost kind of like a dalek from the waist down yeah is how it is described i just saw the picture on the cover of that book and that is incredible yeah it's like shooting lights out of the eyes in this painting it's very good i'm a big fan sometimes they have like the claw hands i didn't know if i ever saw the claw hands yeah there's some of the f really famous paintings of it it's got these these like yeah it's got claw hands but right. there's only one person one of the witnesses who described that yeah, we also got this like cowl thing. I love that. Mm -hmm. This this, she's a fashion queen. Mm -hmm. Um, sort of pointy at the top. Yeah, hood. Love it. It's a strong look. It's uh, it's it's definitely you know unique. You, you got gotta, like you gotta... a strong silhouette. Right. I feel like cryptids. We don't always get like like a strong like yeah. monster strong silhouette. Uh huh. Tuchanko is just a blob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Bigfoot, it's just a blur. True. You know, I yeah. feel like a lot of we don't get this like uh -huh. look at that structured. See that on the runway. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Flatwoods Monster knows their brand, and it's just fucking running with it. And yeah. Honestly, respect. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I completely get that. Fashion forward in West Virginia, which is very like, you know, like Reese Witherspoon and like Sweet Home Alabama vibes, you know, like she's returning like right off of being a fashion designer, like New York Fashion Week back in like the backwoods of Alabama. It's like very like, mm-hmm. oh, like we're serving fashion. Right. Like in the mountains. Yeah. Mountain fashion. Yeah. Love it. Also <laughs> love it. At this point, they see this monster and it approaches them making a shrill hissing sound. <laughs> yep. Um, Sound effect there. Thank you. You're on the Foley today. And uh, everyone, understandably at that point, fucking legs it. They're like, you know what? Actually, nah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. There's sort of like a weird odor that mm-hmm. makes a bunch of them sick when they get back home. Right. But the... Oh, interesting. I, I The thing that I read said that the odor was when they returned to the site the next day. Because mm. they called a reporter and the sheriff. This is where the sheriff comes in. I was getting my facts mixed up. They go back the next day and that's when they notice this sickening metallic odor. Yeah. I was just sorry, it's, but it's the mist. Right. But yeah, but loads of them get, get sick from this like mist that they see when they... they yeah. Right. And we'll get to that later because yeah. I have opinions. <gasps> Amazing. Um, uh, not really. Well, well, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. At any rate, that is basically, I think, the, the main thrust of the encounter. Yeah. Um, one thing that I found interesting from Monster Quest, which we'll get to, is that some of these kids and now adults mm. and like still swear by what they saw back then. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, for real was a monster, which is interesting. They, they stick to their guns even 50 years later. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Probably a lot from your account. Um, what have you got that I... I mean, I think that's the sort of main sweep of it. I think it is the thing that, yeah, people go back. And then also it got picked up by national news, like, fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, they also saw a pulsing red light when they got to the top of the hill. Yes. Yeah, so they, they go to see where they... Because they think something's landed mm-hmm. on this field, which is why they... And the, the field is at the top of the hill. Right. When they get up there, see, they see a pulsing red light. Yep. They, they see the creature. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's, like, the the, the, the main encounter thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been lots of people who have tried to argue against the existence of the Flatwood Monster. Uh-huh. The most popular, like, anti-Flatwoods monster thing is that it's an owl. Yeah. Which is, like, a a reasoning that we've seen for actually a couple of the cryptids that we've looked at. Yeah, a lot It's of... just an owl. Yeah. So do we think that, like, owls are part of some sort of global conspiracy? That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. It's, this is the beginning of a new segment where every episode we try to figure out how this cryptid, if it isn't real, fits into the owl conspiracy. Okay. Because it was either the owls are the ones doing conspiracy or the, the government is just using owls as the cover-up. Right. One of those two things. Yeah. Who can say? I think it's the owls, though. I think it's I th- the owls. They have an agenda. Yeah. And I will not rest until I find <laughs> out what it is. Okay, so we've seen owls pop up so far in Owlman, Ob's Mothman, yep. mm-hmm. and then and then here in the Flatwoods Monster. Probably one or two others that we're not remembering because right we now don't remember what, I, what, what even done. is yeah um as soon as we stop recording it's gone from my brain yeah forever. i just black out completely uh-huh. no i think those are the main ones that people have thought that it's owls probably the jersey devil because everyone's got an opinion on the jersey devil In in this case though i think probably the owls were trying to build some kind of mechanical owl okay they're yeah. doing like owl iron man yeah um, testing their owl metal suit. Okay, yeah. And someone stumbled upon them in the middle of their top secret research lab where they were creating the owl suit. Okay. Um, Why, what are they going to do with the owl suit? Um, space. 
Space, okay. I'm gonna go to space. I mean, to fight the space owls. To fight the space owls. Yeah, because there's that obviously that like long-standing feud between the Earth. This and the war space has owls. been raging for generations, <laughs> and only one thing will save us, and that is the metal owl. Yeah. The metal. Metal. No, that doesn't no. work. No, it doesn't. Um, cyber owl, mecha owl, mecha, mecha owl. owl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so. So that's what the owls are doing, is my, my thinking. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, I can definitely see it. And then obviously that would explain why we see the owl in, in Corn, Cornwall as well. Right. Because this is a global owl, like, you know... Uh, They're fighting effort. a war, Lois. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, They've got a lot going on. I mean, however, interesting, though, because Cornishaw Man and Mothman are both in the 70s. So, right. like there's been some sort of development in that great owl war. Right. I think this is, this is the point where we enter a period of cold war with the space owls. Yeah. So we don't Um, see the sort of active building. Right. Right. So they're no longer in active conflict, but there are a lot of political tensions. Yeah. And so there's a lot more kind of, uh, subterfuge. They're no longer building instruments of war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead, they are, um, they are, you know, it's like spy network up to, up to some kind of, uh, on the down low Mm -hmm. kind of, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, espionage shit. Well, yeah, because you have to think as well. 1952, right? The human space program, very much in its early days, right? True. 70s, humans have put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. So there's Using like, stolen owl technology. Yeah, exactly. Right. But also it means that owls now can leverage like the human mm-hmm. uh, you know, technology, which is better funded right, than the owls, yeah. in order to access what they need to in terms of the space war, right. instead of having to make their own stuff in the mountains. Right. So by the time we're in the 70s, <sighs> there's a lot of um, political tension, but there's no longer like all-out conflict. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting to see how what's going to develop with this owl war as we go on. Yeah, as we uncover... In, uh, in this, the first instance of our new segment, The Owls Are Not What They Seem. <laughs> it's a solid segment name. Yes. Thanks, Twin Peaks. Well, <laughs> yeah, now so, that's out of the way. Yeah, so that's owls. But anyway, the reason that people think it's owls is they were like, it's an owl on a bush that flew at them, which is lame. That's no good. Like, if you're going to debunk a cryptid, you better give me a better story. Right. Put some fucking thought into it, please. Yeah. Um, we are here for... Exciting content. Yeah, right. Uh, I had a theory that it was just natural gas. Um, And so a buildup of natural gas underground could A, cause an explosion, which would lead to the fireball. Yep. uh, And also could perhaps cause hallucinations, which would cause people to see this um, extremely fashionable owl creature. Yeah. I mean... I don't buy it. No. Again, too boring. It is too boring. Fucking gas. (laughs) Miss me with that shit. Absolutely not. We're not doing that at all. What's next? So, do to do. Okay, so one of the main guys who has like argued against the Flatwoods monster is Joe Nickel from the Committee of Skeptical Inquiry. Yes, all I think all of these people uh, are also feature in the Monster Quest episode. Okay, yeah. it'd be interesting to hear what he was like to see him because just reading about him online, he's wild. He is wild. He has a mustache and gray mm-hmm. hair. Um, Have you been on his website? I have not been on his website. Okay. Please. So, first of all, this man, he so he has a PhD. In? Uh, in English. Okay. Which I want to circle back to, actually. Okay. But um, he is like a professional... 
he's done lots of things. Mm-hmm. So but he's being a pro- pro- professional magician and de- private detective and blackjack dealer Great. and professor. <laughs> and he also, but he's also like helped debunk some like very prominent forgeries of okay. like famous books. That's amazing. That's really cool. But also, no. So one of the things is that he helped evaluate and confirm the authenticity of Hannah Craft's The Bondswoman narrative. Mm-hmm. which is possibly the first novel by an African-American woman. Okay. Yeah, so he's done all these things. But anyway, his website's wild. So he's like a professional debunker, but he has a list of what he calls personas, okay. which are all the things that he's done, and he's got 1,066. Okay, some of these are whack. I'm looking at this list now this on your laptop. Exile. So he, the reason he was a magician is because during the Vietnam War, he went to Canada instead of being drafted into Vietnam. So and then he worked he, as a magician there. And okay. then when... Oh, I thought you you meant he was just a deserter. He was like, look at my magic trick. I'm deserting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So they were like, you have to do the draft. And he was like, what if I didn't? Right. And went to Canada. Magic. <laughs> yes. And then worked as a professional magician. Okay. If he worked as a professional magician, that's a little different. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I thought he meant that was the magic trick. No, 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 was no, no, going, no. moving to Canada. But then, and then when, like, objectors were pardoned after the war by Jimmy Carter, then he came back to the US. This guy just really wants people to think he's interesting. I okay, mean, no, no, this is no. participants. Right, no, go back up to the top <laughs> because the first thing in this alphabetized list is accident victim. Amazing. That's not a I, mm, mm. Oh, it's not even a he took he, a misstep on the stairs. I thought it was going to be like he was in a car. He's just like I hurt my leg. I fell over and hurt my leg. Fuck off. Archaeology work. Oh no. Oh no, he's written feminist here. That bodes well, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, let's click on it. Is, is he wearing a t-shirt that says this is what a feminist looks like? He No, he has a scan of his Planned Parenthood number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Anyway, so he is a, a wild person. Yeah. And he's the one who's really in the proponent of the owl. He also says that it's like mass hysteria, mm-hmm. right? So okay, he has impersonator and imposter on this list as two separate things. Okay, I wonder what he considers the difference to be. Okay, so he says an impersonator. Um, oh. Okay, so he says an impersonator pretends to be someone he's not, in contrast to imposter who poses as something he's not. So in his undercover work as a paranormal investigator, he poses Jim Collins, a man bereft at his mother's <laughs> death. And Johnny Adams, a homelailed yokel. For those roles, I also became a disguiser, fearing my name or face might be recognized from my numerous TV. These are the same thing. Appearances. Fantastic. And then, so, imposter. So he says, I use my own name while pretending to be a dishonest warehouse man and a disabled person seeking a supernatural cure. Oh. Yikes. Yes. I feel like a lot of these are just part of the suit. Oh, he lists cousin as one of his things? That's not, that's not okay. I'm a cousin. We're all a cousin. Yeah, but I don't, it's not like one of my personality traits. I feel like this list is like when you first sign up for like LinkedIn and you've had like three glasses of wine and you're like, (laughs) I'm great at teamwork and Microsoft Word and like just listing like whatever because you're still in university and you're like someone told you to get a LinkedIn and you're trying to say that you have skills and you don't. Oh no no because see no I'm yeah I am I'm the opposite with LinkedIn. I I'm like I don't know anything so I put like three skills down and I'm like I don't know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no I the, I go this this route. Okay. All right. Literally everything. All right. Tavern waiter he's got on here. Thief in quotes. Okay. 
Is that for legal reasons? Probably. Anyway, we can't. Yes, we, we can. Can't, we can we spend can't three hours forever. going through this fucking anyway, list, please. The point. The point <clears throat> is that he he wrote an article in two thousand, the year two thousand, for the Skeptical Inquirer, which yeah. is a magazine. But he says that essentially that it's like an owl, and that the the weird smell was just the weeds that were growing, uh-huh. and that the people being sick was just hysteria, uh-huh. which is obviously very boring. Also, I think very disrespectful to the people of Flatwoods to be like, yes, they live here, but they would be freaked out by the smell of weeds uh-huh. that grow in the place that they've lived their entire lives. And also, they are but a simple folk. Yeah. However, I mean, it's just kind of a boring... The one interesting fact that I did pull from it was that um, the Air Force did send two men in civilian clothing posing as magazine reporters to investigate after the monster was seen. Yeah. Which is going to be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also thinks that people just saw a meteor. And then there are yeah. reports that there were like lots of things seen in the sky over a wide area. And he was like, it was just lots of meteors. That's fair. However, my favorite thing about this whole article is at the end, they have an ad, right? Uh-huh. To give money to the Skeptical Inquirer. Great. But not just to give money, to provide for the Skeptical Inquirer in your will. Oh, that's fucked up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, was this a normal thing in the year 2000? To be like, provide for us in your will. Also, like, who do they think their, like, target audience is? That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Clearly, they're making some assumptions about... <laughs> And they're like, the people who read this magazine don't have any loved ones. Yeah. And are old. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not going to have any money left when I die, you know? No. Nope. Bummer. Do you think I could, like, leave them my debt? Probably. That <laughs> is that a thing? I think it is. Sure. Yep. <sighs> anyway. Moving on. Uh, things are fine. Um... Do we want to check in with Monster Quest let's... and then do this book? Okay, so let's check in with Monster Quest. I need to put a very important caveat up yeah. top of this yeah. check in with Monster Quest, which is actually this check in with Monster Quest, which covers the Flatwoods monster, or more specifically, they refer to it as the Lizard Monster, led me to a second cryptid okay. that I wasn't aware of before. And that cryptid is the second half of this episode of Monster Quest. Okay. Because YouTube has. The first 20 minutes of the episode and does not have the second 20 minutes of the episode. And probably if I'd spent enough hours trawling through like Russian video streaming sites, I could have found it, but I didn't have enough time to do that. Yeah. So I have a check in with the first half of this episode of Monster Quest. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of setup and there's going to be no payoff. Okay. Because I have no idea how this episode ends. Well, if the people that were in that were also in this book that I talked about, yeah. maybe we'll be able to. I think on each other. This is a like teamwork situation. I think most likely, yeah. If you if you find the second half of this episode, probably I'm talking to Ben here. <laughs> um, great, thanks. Please send it to us. Yeah, please do. First thing I want to say is that CGI rendition of the Flatwoods monster is incredible. Yeah. It is a very large lizard man with the Dalek body for the bottom half. Yeah. And it just like. Emits a bunch of green gas from the bottom in a way that makes it look like it's just doing a really large fart. Nice. Um, and it is uh, just sublime. Very highly recommended. Um, so they do a few different things on Monster Quest. There's no resolution to any of them mm-hmm. in this podcast. But they, first of all, they try to do a, uh, a kind of a, a search 
for the lizard monster by having night vision cameras that they can set up in the woods and they send them up on little blimps up into the air. Okay. I think I was a little curious about why they were doing this considering like do they think that the flatwoods monster is still there after like 50 60 years yeah also i like i think that the flatwoods monster actually like a lot of the consensus was like an alien right it's just like a, a visitation yeah so looking for it now there's no point it's yeah. gone it's, yeah exactly it's taken off um, literally gone to geocache somewhere else exactly so we had a bit of joe nickel at the start who was a researcher yeah, talking yeah. about this Right? Our, our man, um, right. we'll, the cousin. We'll get to Joe Nickel in a bit. Uh, and another thing they tried to do was test what they... So this was an interesting one. They had a skull. Okay. That was like a is a deformed human skull. Also was incomplete. Okay. So it was basically a skull missing its entire face. They made no claims that it was the Flatwoods monster. But they were just like, well, we think this might be similar to the lizard monster. So we're going to test it and draw some conclusions and apply those to this cryptid for some Where reason. Where did they get the deformed so human partial skull? This skull is called the Star Child. Okay. Uh, it was found in a cave. Yeah. So they found, um, uh, there was a woman who was hiking in America yeah. and found in a cave a human skeleton okay. with like a mound of earth next to them. I think it was a female skeleton. So they dug up the mound and found a second skeleton that had been buried under this mound. Ooh. Um, and this is where the skull comes from, this the star child. And I was a little skeptical also of how this has anything to do with the actual Flatwoods monster. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to um, do with anything. But they got a, a forensic anthropologist to like do analysis on the skull. Okay. And I don't know what the results of that were. <laughs> uh, and also they got what's called a forensic artist to okay. recreate the face. Oh, yeah. Which was interesting. Uh, also, no resolution to that. Okay. Who knows what it actually looked like. We will never know. We can imagine. We can use our oh, imagination. Oh, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there's uh, another bit where they're, they're doing a search of the area. This is where Frank Faschino Jr. comes in yep. because he actually is working with Monster Quest to do this. Yeah. He gets together uh, a little posse. There's a physicist called Dan Freeman and a retired cop called John Bainbridge. So there's a different Maybe Freeman. it's not. No, this may, be, this may be the same person. Maybe I misheard the name. The nuclear physicist? Uh, Stanton Friedman. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I think this may actually be the same person. Excellent. I just misheard the name. Who did the forward and epilogue for the Frank Fischino's book. Yep, that checks out. So they, they get together a, a posse to, to do things as well. One very uh, spurious claim yeah. that I was very much side-eyeing from Frank Fischino Jr. was he was suggesting that people who were up there and saw the that was monster that night he was like, look, I'm not saying that gas was toxic, but uh, some of the people who saw that monster have died now. And some of them are suffering from illnesses like cancer. And, you know, I think there's a real possibility that this monster may have had some kind of toxic effect on the people who saw it. And I was like, that might be an interesting argument, except this happened like 50 or 60 years ago. Like, do you, yeah, like, do you realize what happens to people who get old? Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. Like, Has he heard of like aging? Yeah, th exactly. Like this ain't the some Chernobyl shit. gas makes people age. <laughs> you may die 60 <laughs> years from now. Uh, yeah, so he was saying that and I immediately was like, okay, fuck this guy. Yeah. That's just what happens, my dude. Um, <laughs> 
Um, another thing on the skull front, they were they were going nuts about the fact that they were unable to recover nuclear DNA from this star child skull. They were like, we couldn't ex extract any nuclear DNA. We tried several times. Okay. And I think they were like trying to draw a conclusion from that, like, and that means it doesn't have any. And I'm like, is that the conclusion? I don't think so. Isn't it so. just that you couldn't do it? Yeah. Um. So I was also pretty skeptical of that. You're just bad at doing that, my friends. Another thing on this skull, which again has nothing to do with the scripted, is that apparently it had fabric woven into the bone that made it more um, resistant to, to like pressure. So strong skull, yeah. uh, which also sounds like bullshit. It does. And uh, I think that is uh, all I got before I ran out. No. The last note that I made on this episode of Monster Quest is the second half of Monster Quest is not on the internet, so we will never know, lol. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, Frank C. Fashino Jr. Hell yeah. wrote a 350-page book to answer our questions. Yeah. <sighs> um, so, I bought this on Amazon for like £12, worth every penny. Amazing. Yeah, a couple things. So first of all, you open the acknowledgements and it says, my favourite was just, I would especially like to thank all the American military veterans who helped me through the years of research. He's been doing this for like decades, this right. research. Mm -hmm. So you have this forward from Stanton Friedman and he brings up a couple things that come up later in the book that I hadn't seen anywhere on the internet, which was this disappearance of these two aircraft pilots mm -hmm. around this time. Yes, I heard of this. And uh, an entire UFO battle that was going on. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. But then he actually mentions Joe Nickel by name mm. in his foreword and says, Dr. Nickel, whose three degrees are in English, not in science, has worked as a stage magician in like italics. <sighs> There's a lot of beef going on here. Yeah, it says one can see some situations where this expertise might come in handy, but with a case like Flatwoods. But then this got me thinking about like who is most qualified to talk about cryptids, you know? Like uh, what field makes you most qualified? Oh, obviously cryptozoology. Yeah, but like like Dr. Nichols, apart from being eccentric in every way that you really need to be to study cryptids, mm -hmm. like is coming from it, like all of his degrees are in English, but he does like folklore studies. Right. So like... You have this, like, folklorist side, and then, like, the more, like, science side. So it's, like, it's, it's really, like, are the humanities or the sciences better suited? Well, that depends entirely. The serious answer is that depends entirely on, again, what yeah. question are you trying to answer? But I, then I was, like, is there a way that we can make this kiss? I mean, I think that we're doing it best, obviously. Yeah, I think because so. Because right here on this podcast... We have... We are very educated people. Right. In we the humanities a, and, the, and the sciences. We cover a lot of bases. Yeah. Once again, making us the most qualified cryptid specialists. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's us. That's the answer. It's us. Yeah. So, uh, Stanton Friedman, uh, question answered. So anyway, so then our friend Frank, he opens up telling us with an entire saga of why this is the updated version. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that he wrote a first version and apparently it was really heavily edited by the company that he was going through. And they messed up loads of the research. Oh, no. And it was really inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And misquoted loads of people. Yeah, every time anyone edits my work, I'm like, you <laughs> fucking pieces of shit. You've ruined it. Yeah, so, anyway, so then he had like a massive like lawsuit against them to wow. like, get the rights to his book back. Uh -huh. Yeah, in order to, to do this. So anyway, so then he goes into this whole thing 
detailing like what happens, but also how he befriended all of the original witnesses mm-hmm. and went around like befriending them and getting their interviews and everything. And it's all very detailed and this is like a, a lot of personal stories okay. about how he got to know everybody and was good pals with them. Yeah. So one of the things is that he talks about the big farm that it was on and everything mm-hmm. and that the thing that landed actually moved so it like landed twice ah so it like landed on top of the mountain and then moved to the valley okay just like down the hill essentially right so anyway i was talking about the dog because they got some dogs so apparently they had two dogs with them one of the things that i love is that he says that they have like the one person's dog and then they go to pick up some of the other boys and they also had a dog called ricky and then he's just like, as a side note, both of these dogs were actually from the same litter. Aww. And it's that sort of attention to detail. Yeah. You know, that nice we're looking piece for. piece of trivia. Yeah. So, anyway, so they went up, but when they went up the hill, one of the dogs ran ahead and then came like darting back with its tail between its legs mm-hmm. and like wouldn't go back up the hill. So two theories. Okay. One, dog was replaced by the aliens. <sighs> this is like a the thing situation. Yeah. Okay. Or like us or something. Us with dogs okay yeah yeah uh second thing what if that dog was the first like living creature that the aliens saw on earth and they Mm -hmm. just assumed that was like the population of the earth also very plausible it's just dogs right which would be cool it would be cool yeah which i'm gonna circle back to the city as well okay because we've got a lot to get through you sure do so we then have just a lot of stuff about frank going through and getting all the details and the 10-foot monster and he tracks down the original reporter wow. who uh, was there. But then he gets into all this other crazy stuff. So apparently he tracks down one of the Air Force guys that was like checking out this place. And apparently there was like a whole unit that was sent out to investigate these claims. Mm-hmm. And this colonel said that he originally brought 30 troops, but then they had a total of 180 people. Okay. working this case which is a lot that is a lot of people especially for the air force to be sending yeah into like nowheresville west virginia so then what mr frank does is he starts researching media reports from the night hmm. and finds that there were reports all over the country all over the east coast on the night of the 12th hmm. of something flying through the sky okay. right right but of the big astrological societies and everything, none of them report any meteor showers that night. Astronomical societies. Do I know? Is that not the right word? No, astrological is the signs of the zodiac. Astronomical? Yes. I thought I said astronomical. You said astrological. Oh, I meant astronomical. Okay, I know you did. (laughs) But we'll be accurate here. Right. Like Um, we said, we are the most qualified to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect blend of of science and humanities. Exactly. Uh, So, uh, but anyway, so there there were like, there's no like actual record in in the science part of things that there was a meteor shower this night. Uh And yet, literally all over the East Coast, there are these reports that people saw things going through the sky. Yeah. So he goes through and he tracks all of the reports Mm -hmm. and maps out the trajectory of three different flying objects. Okay. Yeah. So then he talks to a specialist who then shows him that if you draw lines of where these things are, they all come from the same point in the Atlantic. So they were all on flight paths. Do we know for a fact they all traveled in straight lines? Well, some of them move. Some of them like turned a corner. Okay. Uh, which is actually one of the arguments against them being meteors, because meteors can't do that. I see. And also, they are like far enough away that it wouldn't be 
a meteor. So especially when it goes down to Virginia. So it goes down into Virginia and then like hooks a left to West Virginia. Right, but my point is if they have the ability to turn, yeah. then like following those lines back to a, a central I mean, starting position is maybe not quite such a... Like you're making the assumption there that they are traveling in a straight line. Oh, yes. I mean, it's a very good point. Uh-huh. But anyway, the this, let's not tear them completely apart because the whole thing is that they track it into this zone in the Atlantic, which has got a fancy title. It's the ADIZ, which is a military thing. Which essentially means that it's like a it's like a defensive zone for the military. Okay. So anything that comes into that zone has to identify itself. I see. Right. Did they have anything unidentified in that zone? Well, that's what Frank is saying. But yes, they did. Ah. So so he tracks all that, mm-hmm. and then also tracks all these reports that were going on from these bases in Florida mm-hmm. on the same night. Right. Where these two pilots went completely missing uh, on the 12th. And uh, when he made inquiries about it, was like given the complete runaround and then eventually incomplete reports and then eventually like tracked down the relatives of these people who were missing. And it was said that they had like gone missing and were being searched for and then were declared dead sometime in October. Okay. But then he actually found the gravesite for one of them. There's mm-hmm. no body in it. The body was never found. Right. But on his gravesite that the military gave him, his date of death is the twelfth of September nineteen fifty two. Ah. Yeah. That's not, the day. Not October twenty second, which is what the family was told. Right. So he so okay, so essentially what he's saying is that several UFOs, possibly coming from a mothership, mm-hmm. visited the U.S. Yep. And that there was a battle with the Air Force. I see. Yeah. Right. So them being in that militarized zone right. is bad luck, essentially, because right. the U.S. is going to respond to anything that doesn't identify itself um, as does a he, threat. Does he make any kind of like guesses or assumptions about who won that fight? the u.s so in his tracking of it because he also went through all of the project the declassified project blue book stuff okay great very detailed stuff Mm -hmm. essentially saying that the u.s were like the aggressors and that the aliens were just on the defensive gotcha so anyway so he thinks that the reason that a ship ended up in flatwoods is because it was damaged and that's why it was on fire i see and that the reason that then you see the alien come out is because the alien's waiting for rescue gotcha and then he connects it to another monster sighting, like a couple counties away, that happened like a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. where like this giant slimy. Well, there was a monster sighting, and then there were like rumors that this burned woman had been found. Right. And so he thinks that it's the injured alien. I see. I see. Uh, that all tracks. Yes. So uh, I had a couple of bookmarks. Oh, well, he has this beautiful chart of all of the ships descending from the mothership. That's extremely made in paint i think it's actually uh in microsoft word that he made all of the graphics i mean bonus <laughs> points for efficiency yeah i think he did like a pretty good job for microsoft word graphics yeah if you use just um, using little, little text boxes and pop art then uh good yeah. job so anyway so th- this monster the green-eyed monster reported again loose in state right and one of the arguments that he uses is that there's just this like rumor that this monster has been found and then when the newspaper um like asks the local sheriff about like has there been a monster the the sheriff's like well i haven't heard of a green-eyed monster mm-hmm. and frank's like they never asked you about a green-eyed monster 
And the, the sheriff is adding uh, details. Ah. Yeah. Obviously not cut out to be a, a law enforcement professional. No. Then he's got some charts of what may be a lizard man inside a floating spacesuit looks okay. like. This is this is very similar to the graphic in uh, Monster Mon- Quest, yep. I gotta say. Where so it sort of looks like a lizard man who's like his bottom half is lizard mm-hmm. who's in like a a little chair that's like blasting around. Yeah. Uh, and then what were some of the other things that I picked up? Oh, there was well, this one guy. It's one of the guys from Flatwoods. The guy says, my dad said, I think the aliens knew to land in West Virginia because no one would ever believe us here. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, there's something in that. that like, yeah. I think people are more skeptical because it comes out of, like, West Virginia. Sure. Whereas if, like, I don't know, like a big city was like, ah, oh, yes, an alien, you'd be like, yep. Sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. Um, yeah. I definitely buy that. Yeah. So anyway, going back to the dog point, though. Yes. If these aliens came to Earth for, like, whatever reason, uh-huh. and then were instantly attacked... By a dog? Well, just by these, like, airplanes. Yeah. And then the first thing they saw was a dog. Do they think that the dogs attacked them? Do they think that there are dogs out there in little flying hats? Yeah. I sincerely hope so. Yeah. Because also, before I got to the drawing of the lizard man, this is a side note, I was like, what if this aliens are really small? I mean, it could happen. Because I was like, instead of it being like a, a lizard alien creature in like a floating skirt thing. Right. What if it's, it's like a, a full s- spaceship? A spaceship that's right. just full of little tiny aliens. Yeah, that checks. Yeah. Because yeah. then also this, this flying saucers or whatever that was seen on the hill mm-hmm. wasn't that big. So, well, it wasn't that big for us. Right. But what if it's like. Well, if it's actually a huge ship. I was going to say, like, the Enterprise right. sort of, like, level. Where, right. like, literally thousands of aliens inside of it. Yeah, and I understand if you're a tiny alien, why you might be freaked out by a dog. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, Jesus, what's this? Yeah, so many legs. I mean, we don't know how many legs the aliens have, to be no. fair. No. Who can say? Any. Maybe none? Maybe 12? Yeah. Yeah, so who can say? Who can say? Um, Truly, not us. Yeah. So anyway, so that's... So anyway, so Frank, you know, I've given you a very cursory... Thing. But anyway, he he goes through how he found literally all this information from like partially declassified things about missing people's reports. Well, it sounds like it would be a really interesting read for if I, I had infinite time. Yes, definitely. But you know, if anyone out there has like twelve pounds and Amazon, right. you too can own this book. Great. But anyway, so so anyway, so his thing is that there was an entire space battle that happened uh, in September of nineteen fifty two uh, between the, the Air Force and the aliens. That's the second most plausible theory I've heard today. Yeah. The second, the first one being that it was the owls. Yeah, the owls. The space owls. Yeah, owls. The owl conspiracy. Owl, owls is Our is owl top. conspiracy. Our owl conspiracy. Not, not the, oh, it was just a normal owl. No, no. Our owl conspiracy, yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I've got for you, for the Flatwood Monster. Incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of deep digging there. Yeah. If you don't have anything else, I have some current alien news. Please. <laughs> So, just by chance, Autostraddle put out an article just the other day mm-hmm. of this summer's verified UFO news. Okay. Which, because we've, it's a particular hot button issue at the minute with all of the storming Area 51 memes. Yeah, it's true. Um, who who gets to decide whether or not uh, an alien, uh, a UFO is, uh, okay. is official or not? So, the government. Okay. So, in... December of 2017, the New York Times revealed that 
the Pentagon had been running a UFO research program since 2007. Mm -hmm. However, it was being spearheaded by the Democratic Speaker of the House, Harry Reid, and working in partnership with uh, aerospace billionaire entrepreneur Robert Bigelow, who is absolutely convinced that aliens exist and that UFOs have visited the Earth. The program was supported by astronaut John Glenn mm -hmm. and also a bunch of other senators who said that they had seen objects they couldn't explain while they were in the Air Force. However, this billionaire is friends with Mr. Reed, so is money right. just being like sent to his friend? I who see. can say. In May 2019, another New York Times story shared the story of multiple Navy pilots who during training on an aircraft carrier off the East Coast consistently reported multiple encounters with flying objects. Mm -hmm. uh, they described them as like these giant white orbs that had squares inside of them. Okay. And they were convinced enough that they like filed official flight reports about seeing these things. Okay. And there are things that they, they could see on their radar but could not see with their eyes, but like literally every device that they had was picking up that something was there, right. but they couldn't see it. Okay. So then June 2019, at least three U.S. senators were confirmed to be receiving UFO briefings from the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, President Trump gave a meandering interview in which he mentioned that he had also been briefed about UFOs. Great. Sidebar, I think that if there was concrete evidence, he would have blabbed about it already. I think we would know. Maybe. Unless nobody's telling him. Then, in the last weeks of June, mysterious white spheres were seen over Kansas City, mm -hmm. where the Kansas City, like, weather service posted these photos and were like, we literally don't know what these are. <laughs> um, and then July 2019, then that was when the meme about storming Area 51 happened. But yeah, so these are they're very small pictures. But anyway, there were just these dots of, um, where are they? They're these just two things like in the sky. Okay. And people tracked like weather balloons and stuff and none of the groups that put them up had anything on their like whatever. Um, Am I sure they aren't just like dust on the lens? No, because other people were reporting that they okay. could see them. I see, I see. Um, yes. And then other alien news is that one of the most famous uh, cases of alien abduction has been given a memorial plaque. Aww. Yeah. Nice. And that's the one in, uh, I think, Mississippi. Cool. Yeah. It's one of the most believable ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good that we're now commemorating those aliens. Yeah. Good work, um, aliens. But I think that this is in the 70s, so uh, more like yeah, it's the probably, later Owl Wars. Right, not directly not, not related. In the 50s. Right. So, anyway, so that's all the recent alien news. Great, thank um, you so much for a little detour into Alien Town. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, to discuss what kind of cryptid the Flatwoods Monster is, of course. Not a cryptid. Ah, okay. Because so, aliens right. who just visit here are yep. just aliens, right, they I, have to live here. Right. So we we can we can knock out crypto classification very quickly. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Cool. I'll I'll say we did this segment. Yeah. But uh, but hey, it only took us like twenty seconds. Job done. Yeah. Great. Um, so questions. Questions. Yeah. Question one. Alex Barrera asks, "Did you hear they're making a new Barbie movie written by Greta Gerwig and starring Margot Robbie?" I did not hear this. I did not hear this either. I don't know how I feel about this. I, neither do I. I have not had any time to process this news. I'm still reeling from the Cats trailer. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be writing that for a couple months, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's there's too much. Everything I'm, happens too I'm much. I'm intrigued. And I'm intrigued. Curious. I will investigate this Barbie movie further. Mm -hmm. we, we can't just answer this, like, off the cuff. No, we can't. That's not Don't how we do us, things here. 
ask us again next month. We we are all about meticulous research. <laughs> yes. Um, Oleg asks, does Flatwood Monster have something in common with Fleetwood Mac? And could they even join the band? I mean, I think what they have in common is a love of the deep woods yep. and mystery. Right. I don't know if they... <sighs> I don't think that they could because I feel like Stevie Nicks carries in so much mysterious energy that you could not have a cryptid. As well. As well. Like you're right. maxed out. Right. Yeah, this is yeah. Your your Geiger counter is just gonna set on fire. Yeah. Um. Your mis- mis- mystery Geiger. No. <laughs> fuck. Um, um. Could they join the band? No. Also, because they were only here in the nineteen fifties, and that was before Fleetwood Mac. That's also They did not true. overlap in time. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Um, also. Uh. Yeah. Also, I feel like I don't know, like not aliens in Fleetwood Mac. You know, maybe in like other bands, but I feel like if you're gonna have any sort of like paranormal thing you want more of like a um like like a fae or like right, or right, right. some sort of bog some kind of yeah thing. woodland creature yeah yeah some kind of spirit yeah an elf perhaps mm, yeah um, be good. but uh but yeah aliens maybe not so much i, I feel think like i'm with you what what band would the thoughtwoods monster be in uh i don't know daft punk <laughs> yeah <laughs> Love it. Um, that's that's my answer. Yeah. Also, Salsaverse replied to that and said, Flatwood Mac is a brilliant cryptid-themed cover band name. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seconded, thirded. Miliano asks, is she single? Uh, I mean, as far as we know. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Yeah, live your best life. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Well, Miliano also asked, why do you think it's so popular in media as opposed to any other cryptid? Isn't it referenced or used in like three or four video games? It is referenced in a couple of video games. But this is a thing with cryptids in general, right? And I think yeah. this is, I, I feel like the through line here, I think less so maybe with this cryptid in particular, because it showed up in some earlier video games, I think dating back to the early 2000s. Yeah. I think what I would say about cryptids showing up in video games in general is that cryptids got big through basically through Tumblr. Mm. And then this is just like the slow wave of like cultural proliferation led to it showing up in video games as a result of that. Yeah. Like if we're talking about recent video games, I think that in this case, it's more to do with it being picked up by Japanese video game makers. Mm. I feel like they have been more interested and keyed into this stuff for longer. Which is why if you all of the early I feel like all of the early video games that Thought Was Monster showed up in were Japanese. Let me see. Right. So it showed up in some Nintendo Entertainment System games way back in the day. In Majora's Mask. Okay. There are it's a monster that bears a resemblance to Thatwood Monster, which are meant to be aliens. Uh so yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's something there's something there with Japan specifically, and uh, maybe a cultural fascination in Japanese culture with cryptids like that. Because also, Tsuchinoko yeah. showed up in a lot of Metal Gear Solid games going back before the like t- Tumblr subculture. Yeah, that's true. Whereas I feel like newer stuff, like I think for Flatwoods Monster showed up in like fucking so, Fallout yeah. 76 or something. Yeah, it does. That definitely is like a Tumblr thing. Where, like, it was big on the internet, and that kind of got into the game through that. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay, yeah. great. 
That was easy. Understand. Yep. Great. Ila Alexi asks, are the Flatwoods Monster and the Mothman besties or better rivals? Uh, well, I think we established that they're, I mean, obviously they're separate in time, but they're mm-hmm. both part of the Great Owl Conspiracy. They are, but we don't know for a fact whether they were both on the same side. Good point. I, I was assuming they were, because they're both in West Virginia, so uh-huh. I think that they're both products of that owl Right. War base. Right, right, right. I think it's I think it's like one of those kind of strange bedfellow situations where they're not particularly similar mm. in that one of them is an alien and one of them is a uh, um, uh, moth person. I wonder if there but, would be like a little bit of tension because they're like different generations as well. The different generations? Yeah. Right, this this. And they're the like, thing. how do we approach this like owl right. war? They, yeah. te- they team up, but they don't initially see eye to eye because they're so different. They come yeah. from such different and diverse backgrounds but in the end they end up cultivating a friendship because they're both fighting on the same side yes right? and they're both fighting for the owls yeah so there we go so yeah so they get along uh-huh one uh-huh. one last question yeah do you want to do it from salsiverse mm-hmm. which is why did i have nightmares as a child after the first time i saw the reconstructions of it but now i think it looks goofy am i immune to spook now uh i think you've just had a lot of time to process your emotions in a healthy way yeah and uh uh, yeah, you've, you've just learned and, learned and grown. Right. You've, you've worked through your feelings mm-hmm. uh, and you've come out uh, a uh, stronger, healthier and uh, more complete person. So, yeah. congratulations. Um, well done on working on yourself because that can be really hard. It so. is difficult sometimes. So, so we, we mad respect to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that leaves us with the final question for us. Do we want to do the... Oh, credits. We do credits first we now. We do credits first now. Oh, yes. Um, Lois, who are you? Oh, well, I'm Lois Stone, and you can find me on the internet at Lois on Twitter, which is S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. It is. Hello. My name is Jeremy Hughes. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at KnifeWitch. I Instagram sometimes at J.Hughes. That's it. Hello. Yep. Goodbye. I did change my Instagram recently to also be Lois. I saw that, but it hasn't underscored the end. Yeah, because somebody else has Lois on Instagram. What are the odds? And they have, like... Six followers and they never post anything. I'm real mad. Yeah, I'm, um, I I hate that when that happens. Yeah. I've definitely raged messaged some people before being like, hi, is this account still active? Can I have it, please? <laughs> I'm getting close to doing it. Uh-huh. Just um, do it. Go for it. Yeah. It, they won't respond, but it can't hurt. Yeah. It's, it's nice to shout your emotions into the void sometimes. It is. Also, <laughs> if anybody out there wants to send any love and support to our new editor, you can do that too. Um, yeah. You can find Ben on Twitter at Low Cinnabar. Yep. Which is L-O-W underscore C-I-N-N-A-B-A-R? Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. And if not... Too bad. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, You can follow the show at Cryptid Zone on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Cryptid Zone. I also think I might start an Instagram at Cryptid Zone, but that doesn't exist at time of recording. Take a look, see if we've gotten around to it yet. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And um, then send us emails as well. Yeah, uh, cryptozone at gmail.com. We're mm-hmm. working on a new URL. If you have any suggestions, um, send them to us. Yes, please. I, I think we may either go for uh, cryptozone.zone uh, or, yeah. and this is the final question for you, Lois, yeah. would you dot date? Oh, this is a good transition. Good transition. Well, it isn't now. Well, now you said that. I'm sorry. God damn it. I wanted to acknowledge. Well, I was so uh, overcome by the fact that we are also having this broader question about our URL that I got distracted by that and then was bringing myself back to the moment uh-huh. by acknowledging what an incredible podcaster uh-huh. you are. Uh-huh. Um, 
Can you answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I'm not sure. I th I think maybe a no. Yeah, like, I'm leaning that way. Because we don't <laughs> know enough about what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, is it a ten foot monster? In which case, love that. Because great to be the little spoon. You know, you'd be so safe and warm. But would you be warm if it's metal? True. Well, this is this is if it was like a lizard monster. Okay. Which I guess you still wouldn't necessarily be warm because they are cold-blooded. Right. Assuming aliens work the same way. Right. This is the thing is there are too many variables. It's true. Exactly. And also they only came once and then they left. Right. Um, and not maybe... Not reliable. They were engaged in a massive battle and I'm not trying to, you know, have an absent, like, military Yeah, that's partner. not... That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. So I think it might be a no for It's me. a no. Yeah. It's a no from us. Yeah. Uh, if you have a different opinion, uh, let us know, but politely. Yeah. On all of the ways that we told you before. Yeah, we did that already. Not doing yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah, um, just rewind. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's it from us. That's it. Thank cool. you so much for listening. Thanks. We love you. We love you. Have a good day. Yeah, goodbye. Okay, bye. Woo.